Devin. Devin. Let me ask you something. Have you ever quacked at your boss? Nah, now that I think of it, no, I don't think I've ever quacked at. How do you think? Do you think that would go over well? Nah, nah, that's that's automatic firing right there. This is I ruined my childhood. We're back with another episode, (laughs) and this week it is the hockey movie of the millennial generation. The classic. The Mighty Ducks. Yes. A movie that spawned a cartoon, multiple sequels. A hockey team. And a real-life professional <laughs> hockey team. Uh, I, I, there's not many movies that can boast such a claim. Quack, quack, Gordon. quack, quack. Stop, quack, quack, quack. It was the first time in a long time for me seeing right. this movie. I don't know about you. I think this might be the first time that I've seen it in full. Ever? You know I'm saying? Ever. So, so let me ask you then, what do you remember before you sat down to watch this movie? Apparently not much. You know what I'm saying? I, the only thing I, I really remembered or what really stuck out to me in this movie was the relationship between Emilio Estevez and Charlie. And that's it. I just knew that Charlie was like the, the guy, like the golden boy. Yeah. Or was he? Because in rewatching it this time, didn't really do very much. Yeah, I thought he was like the star player, but yeah. then they apparently he was trash. You know? Yeah, not <laughs> even close to the star player. They yeah. get together at the end of the movie, and and, and he <laughs> says to the team, he's like, who should take the penalty shot? And everybody's like, gee. And then he's like, what about Charlie? <laughs> Bazway? I know you're making out with his mom over on the side, but when I sat down to watch this movie, I remembered almost nothing. I remembered Mm. that it was about hockey. I remember that Emilio Estevez was in it. And I remembered that they went at the end on a penalty shot. Uh, And then once I started watching the movie, I remembered everything that happened in it. (laughs) Uh, it came rushing back. Oh, yeah. I will say I loved it. Mm. It got terrible reviews when it came out. <laughs> I think on Rotten Tomatoes, it has something like a 24. Mystery to me why. Because I found this movie riveting. Maybe because I, I I didn't have a connection to it, mm. really. I think watching it this time, I was like, huh. All right. There's, there's a lot of moving pieces in this movie. There's a lot of pieces in this movie that felt like it belonged to different movies. Like the the first shot of them, you know, pulling pranks on the street. This is the first, this is the intro to these kids. So this is what these kids are doing when they're not playing hockey. And then they don't go to school until like act two. (laughs) It's the poor man's bad news bears. When we got about 10 minutes in to this Mm -hmm. film, we, I say we is the royal we, we did not watch this movie together, but it's, we're still (laughs) isolating people. We're recording this and, mid-May so uh it the 10 minutes in it takes a hard hard left into kids movie world there yeah. are ridiculous sound effects there Hijinks are ensue immediately yeah inexplicable speeding up of the camera like they're running in fast motion that's that, like that's it's what a cartoon. I was talk about bro that's the most 90s thing ever when they're whenever kids are running away from danger it's <laughs> To make it seem less dangerous for these kids, 
they speed it up. Like any, think of any movie where kids are running away from someone trying to catch them. It basically becomes <laughs> a Roadrunner cartoon for Facts. two minutes. So they're playing in this league. There are so many things, little things that don't make sense. You scored 198 goals in that season, Gordon. Even as a child, <laughs> I did not buy that these kids would be so stupid to think that he really thought they were a bunch of losers. They overhear him talking to the evil coach of the Hawks. And the coach is like, you want to like throw your life away with these losers? And he sarcastically says back, he's like, that's right. They are losers. And the kids overhear they don't this. They to live. And, and they think he's being serious. I Classic out of context misunderstanding. Maybe if Gordon explained a little bit more and didn't have the room controlled by Pete or Peter or Petey, whatever his name was, the kid with the leather jacket, the oh. smallest leather jacket I've ever seen. Baby Armani exchange. The biggest takeaway I had from this movie is that this is the most popular peewee hockey league in the on the planet. Okay. Apparently, there's very little in the way of entertainment in Minnesota in 1992. Mm -hmm. And, you know, each one of these peewee hockey teams has their own arena with, like, yeah. their <laughs> logos emblazoned all over the place on the ice, their own fan bases and cheer sections. It's not just parents, you know. Every hockey team kids hockey team just like most kids sports teams has like one or two parents who are like whack jobs that take it way too seriously this is like every single parent and then every parents brought their neighbors to, yeah. <laughs> to cheer the, on with the them entire workforce yeah yet only one sports equipment store in the entire state apparently <laughs> and it's only hockey gear i didn't uh, see a single ba basketball in hans's store well, it's freezing in there. Where are you going to put the basketball? I freezing mean, with Hans's personality and mm -hmm. his cold stare. How did you become a doctor? Lawyer. Can I say that I wish Hans was played by Werner Herzog? <laughs> I forgot all about the guy who played Hans, and I, I remember him fondly now. Uh, but there's something so chilling about that character that I wish Werner Herzog... If they remake the movie, they got to have Werner Herzog... Uh, play Hans. Every day, flying up and down the the ice, Gordon. I was gonna try and do a Werner Herzog, and then you did beat me to the Werner Herzog. I'm glad. I'm glad you did yours because I would embarrass mine. Every day, I make the ice skates. I go and I pretend to cut my hand, and it fools him, and I laugh because there is no greater humor than blood. Please forgive me for slaying your father. It was me. It was hilarious. You had to be there. God, you're morbid, Hans. If you're just joining us, welcome to Werner Herzog Talk with Kevin and Devin. If you're enjoying our impressions of Werner Herzog, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe. It does help the channel. Please like and subscribe down below. Remember There's to comment. More beautiful than blood on the ice. Comment in your own Werner Herzog voice. Of course, there's a lot of misery, but it is the same misery that is all around us. The trees here are in misery and the birds are in misery. I don't think they, they sing, they just screech in pain. Quack, 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 quack. So you, it doesn't seem like this movie had a, a very large footprint in your nostalgic bones. I think I, re I remember the feeling 
of watching it. Uh, I, and then watching it being like, all right, there's a lot of dashed expectations in this movie. A lot of these kids are getting let down. Gordon's getting let down. Charlie's mom is lonely. There's a lot of stuff going on in the midst of this peewee hockey tournament that everything hinges upon. Will Charlie's mom find love? Let's see if they win. <laughs> will, will Emilio Estevez, I mean, Gordon Bombay have a job? It all depends on this game. A lot of adult themes disguised as sports drama. Can you imagine if they had lost, if she just was like, sorry, I don't date yeah. losers. Hi. Please um, just go away. Charlie doesn't want to be on the team anymore and neither he nor I have anything to say to you. Uh, shouts to the the guy that gave Banks the concussion, his former teammate. They <laughs> asked him, what did you do to him? And then he was like, my job. Was there anything in this movie that took you back? Rollerblading through the mall. All things seemed possible in the 90s. And just the colors of the rollerblades and the pads, just the, the, the whimsy. I have, um, I have that written down as this one of the scenes that does not add up for me. I was like, how did they get permission to do this in the real world? I understand that they're like, it's Disney and it's like, but Mm -hmm. how did they get the Mighty Ducks team to be able to do that without all getting like permanently banned from the wall? I mean, listen, this is when you're in the peewee hockey team and you're getting (laughs) write-ups and main publications. When you're celebrities. You're a celebrity, man. Yeah, exactly. By the way, that publication that repeatedly comes through in the film, uh, it's called Let's Play Hockey. I have no idea if it's real or not, uh, but it, it describes itself on the cover as America's number one hockey publication. This team is making front page, full front page spreads of America's number one hockey publication. That's how big a deal this peewee league is making waves that's the only publication i trust to get my hockey news oh, what um, was wayne gretzky doing in 95 i don't care what's what's, what's up with the mighty ducks man no 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 not the professional team oh. the kids yeah right, right 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 the heart <laughs> uh for me the scene that took me back the most was was that opening scene great opening flashback scene so dramatic the music the lighting you know, yeah. young Gordon Bombay has got to make this penalty shot, which for some reason either wins or loses the game, which I <laughs> don't know how that's possible. He has this shot and the coach who is a great, great villainous douchebag coach, like for all times, he says, you're not just letting me down, you're letting the whole team down. Not paying uh, any attention to the fact that this kid's dad just died. Yeah, but he's good Good to bring it up. He's like, I wish your dad could be here to see this. Don't let me down. And uh, he misses the shot. It goes off the post. And a perfect spotlight on the tragic young character of Gordon Bombay. One thing I noticed, this is uh, a saving Private Ryan for child actors. <laughs> They had the kid from Heavyweights was also in this. Yeah, Pacey. This is Pacey's first yeah. role. Uh, I thought Keenan was in this one, but I guess he was in the second one. The guy with the slap shot is Nelson in Daredevil. He's much less intimidating now as an adult than he was when oh, he was yeah. fifteen. Thanks, buddy. The younger Pete and Pete. The younger Pete of Pete and Pete. Danny Tamborelli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> 
Yeah, man, he was in the, yeah, he was in Pete and Pete. He was in all that. So, see, they're all in this movie, man. It's like Wu Tang. Did you notice who played Terry? No, who played Terry? Ju- Jussie Smollett. Juicy Smollett. What? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I looked it up. I was like, drama. Right, <laughs> Yo, word. Who he didn't knew? have a line in the. Mo- he didn't have a line in the. He movie. didn't have a single line. Nah, nah. He's a silent brother. So, shouts to Jesse Smollett. He just yelled a lot. Yeah, yeah that's how he heard his own. How he heard his own. How he heard his own. Harboring, harboring that lack of a line, that grudge just built and built, and then he gets on Empire, and he's like, I deserve more than this. More, I was a mighty duck, goddammit. What stuck uh, out to you that, like, didn't really work? The Oreo line. What's this? Oh, yeah. The Oreo line? <laughs> All right, so the Oreo line is what one of the kids on the Hawks, uh, they goes to the Mighty Ducks and they're getting ready for a face-off and it's Terry on one side, Jesse on the other side, both kids are black and in the middle is Gee and who's white. So it's just two black kids and a white kid in the middle. And one of the kids on the Hawk team says, oh, look at this, it's the Oreo line. I'm like, oh shit, I can't believe you said that. Well, it makes sense, he's a villain. And then at the end of the movie, Emilio Estevez refers to them as the Oreo line. Oreo line. I forget. I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that. Like that's the thing. Like that's established. I guess they uh, they reclaimed it. I guess (laughs) it's theirs now. Nah, man. That that's crazy. (laughs) Emilio Estevez is like, bring out the Oreo line, and one of them stops. Yeah, for real. Like everyone in the audience stops applauding. The dad is like, wait, what did he just call? It's like, well, I thought, uh, I thought. I'm gonna let you get your side vanilla booty out of here before we be using your eyeballs as hockey pucks. The the one thing that just did not make sense to me, how much weight this peewee hockey team had in this law firm at the end of the movie. Like, Mm. Emilio Estevez legit gets fired. Of course, if you beat us, you're fired. That's a joke. In a peewee hockey league. This is a lawyer who's lost one case out yeah. of like 35 cases. But I, you know, I say that again, but you know, they are getting the front page cover of the number one hockey right. publication in America. So what do I he could, have, he, he could, he could eat that job. I'm kind of a big deal. They were really surprised this movie was as successful as it was. Uh, Emilio Estevez didn't think it was going to be a big hit. Um, quite possibly because everybody thought the movie sucked. They really sucked. But and yeah, it went on to make fifty million dollars. Which back in the day, I mean, that's like nineties money, nineties yeah. dollars. It it did a lot better. Spawned the two sequels, um, which maybe we will do one or both of at some point on this. Enough about the future. It's time to ask the question, Devin. Yes. Sir. Did the Mighty Ducks ruin your childhood? <sighs> you know what, Kev? It did not ruin my childhood. Oh my god! I thought it was going to. It there were moments of it where I was just like, eh. But the entire movie was kind of like, eh. And it reminded me of a time where things were okay to be eh. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. I didn't I didn't look at this movie with a with a critic's eye. And I, I just try to recapture that feeling that I remember feeling when watching the movie. Because I don't remember a lot about this movie, but I remember the feeling. It was all right. I, you know, accuse me of wearing rose-colored glasses. 
I really enjoyed this. It, yeah, I could go back and rewatch this at some point with my nieces and nephews and be like perfectly happy. And the and the quacking. I don't know. I don't know if the quacking when it first started, I was like, oh, this is something he does behind his boss's back. But then he does it in, in the boss's office to his face, and the boss seems to think it's charming. Yeah, he, people quack at him, and he likes it. Maybe he tells people to quack at him. It's like, if you want to work for me, you got to say quack. How badly do you really want this job? <laughs> quack at me. He closes the door. He's like, there's one last thing before we finish this interview. All right, so uh, I guess that's going to wrap things up for us. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. We're going to be back again next week with another episode. More Werner Herzog impressions. We're going to see how he ties into that movie. Mm -hmm. Until then. Don't quack at your boss. But if you do, uh, record it and then send it to us, and uh, we'll give you a shout-out. Yes. Don't, we're not encouraging that, but if you do it, you know, make the most of it. Quack, 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 Gordon. quack. Stop. Quack, quack, quack. quack.